Today on the Illinois Enquirer podcast, Jay Lehman reacts to Illinois football's heartbreaking 25-21 loss to Wisconsin. What went wrong in that fourth quarter? What went right in those first three quarters? That was seven straight quarters of good football by Illinois, but undone by one bad quarter. And of course, Jay Lehman breaks down what he thought of the Johnny Newton penalty and what he saw from Illinois after that, what he's seen from the run game, what he did not see from the passing game in that game. So we'll break it all down as we do every Monday on the Illini Enquirer podcast. Jay Lehman, All-American linebacker, next. This episode of the Illini Enquirer podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com slash Illini and get on your way to being your best self. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? Like you know what you should do, what's good for you, but you just can't do it. Well, therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back so you can work for yourself instead of working against yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And if you and that therapist don't mesh, you can switch your therapist at any time for no additional charge. So make your brain your friend again and give BetterHelp a try. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Illini today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Illini. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, it's Monday, so let's catch up with Jay Lehman, our All-American linebacker. And dang it, Jay, um, Illinois looked pretty good. I thought this was one of their better played games, especially through three quarters. But one quarter, everything went wrong. Wisconsin made some plays. Illinois couldn't make a play. Ends up with a loss. Uh, Overall thoughts? Yeah, so super frustrated for the team. Really tough way to lose a game uh, on, on just losing momentum. Obviously, we'll talk about it with the Giant Newton play. Uh, as Brett said, that wasn't the reason they lost, but there was definitely an implosion after that, right? I mean, I think it was like they gained 160 yards after that play. Um, but I told you off the air, I was way more upset about the Nebraska loss than I was this loss because of how they played against Nebraska. If they played like that, I didn't think they would win another game. They've been improved the last two weeks. They played well at Maryland. They played good for three quarters. And there's a lot of positives to take away. Um, I feel bad for the guys. I really do. I feel like they're working. I, and and you, you think about what could have been at four and four with a chance to actually still win the West with Iowa losing late on another questionable call. Um, so it, it to me, from a big picture, it's more gut-wrenching because it's like, oh, recruiting. What was lost as far as the West? The momentum, trying to win back-to-back games. Uh, a growing offensive line that's been better the last two weeks, a quarterback that made some plays, right? So all these things combined, a lot of positives, but this team still needs to learn to finish. And I think from a big perspective, Jeremy, we thought because of the leaders we had in this team last year that this team was a little bit farther along. I still feel like this team is still building and still needs to learn how to finish games. And although we saw some of that last year. There's been a lot of times in the Brett Bielema era, era, these players have just not had the umph late in the game to finish 
And I think that just takes that just takes some time. Yeah, and it's something I want to ask Brett Bielema and follow up about because after the game, you know, we're so focused on what happened late, what happened with Johnny, what happened with the referees, all that. But one of the things I want to follow up on is he's had seven losses as the head coach here at Illinois where they had a lead in the fourth quarter and lost. Now, you're not going to win all of them, right, Jay? But you think of the difference of if they would have held on to one of those three games they had a lead on in, the, in their first year, they would have made a bowl. Um, last year, they would have held on against Purdue where they were tied, or they would have uh, held on against Michigan. It could be a completely different season, right? And then you think of this year now with this game. It just it, it can change a season if you don't hold on to these leads. So is there anything you're seeing that's carried over from previous years, or why hasn't this team been able to close games the last three years, or is it something different every time? Well, I, I think – First and foremost, to win close games, you've got to have a very experienced uh, QB with the system. Whether we like it or not, we've had a new system for a new QB for the system every year, right? Even though it's the second year of the system, Luke Altmaier's first year, right? And late in that game, late, late in a game, to win a game, you've got to have one of your units, either the offense or defense, go win it for you, yeah. right? Whether it's getting that first down that they needed. They got a tough penalty. I think it was on Arkin or Boyer. I think Boyer maybe. Um, you know, that right there, they might not have even scored points. They might have just chewed more clock, right, and made them burn a couple of timeouts. May have been the same thing. Uh, so I think, number one, an ex- a quarterback with experience in the system. We've had experience with Brandon Peters. You have experience with DeVito. But it was the first year in, their, in the system, right? You need a guy you can rely on. Number two is this. You need an absolute guy that can get a stop for you on defense. Um, and we had that in Johnny Newton. We could not make a play on the back end to save our life late in that game. And there were chances. Um, you know, DBs are taught to high point the football. They, Tyler Strain, yeah. I'm sure he sees it, didn't, didn't high point the football. Uh, Braden Locke saved his best ball for late in the game. Uh, you know, back back shoulder fa- back shoulder uh, throw, not back shoulder, shoulder, across the far shoulder into the sideline. I don't know if that was Skylar Bell or somebody, maybe Pauline. Yeah, um, it was it was Bell, and I thought Taz was in good coverage. That was just a heck of a ball. That, that was great cover. I mean, that's an un- it's the perfect pass, right? Yeah. So, so you need somebody to make a play. I kept saying we need somebody to make a play, somebody to make a first down. Uh, and and to Johnny Newton's credit, he, he did make a play. Um, and that was sack fumble. I mean, I, I, that was a huge play, right? Uh, but at the same time, to win those close games, you got to have a quarterback with experience. You got to have uh, somebody on either side make a play. And then number three, I think it's a belief system. I think I think there is a little bit of here we go again, not just from the players, but from the fans, from from people that cover them. And until you get over that hump, it does continue to haunt you. I remember in 2006, very close on many, many games. We had we were unable to finish games, whether it was fumbles or just stupid mental errors, and gave up quite a few leads. Somebody asked me after the game, a lot of you know the disappointments of these last three years, these disappointing losses that I bring up, have happened at home. And somebody asked me, is there a reason to that? And I said, the only thing I can think of, Jay, is that they can feel the crowd tense up. Right. And on the road, it's a business trip. We always hear that thing. So I don't know. You you played. Is there any difference of just getting on the road and not feeling that or, or feeling like it's us against the world? Here's like, I, I, whether you feel like it's di- uh, yeah, different or not, I was always, and maybe this is just my immaturity, but I'm trying to go back to my, high, my, my college days. I was always more embarrassed when I made a mistake at home. And yeah. I felt like it affected my next play. 
Because, like, you don't hear anything during the football game when you're playing a game except the, oh, when you miss a tackle, right? And that that does play with your head. I know you might not think it does. Um, you hear a cheer, you know, when you miss a tackle when you're on the road. But there, when, when you're on the road, it's like, man, I, even though there's tons of people watching on TV and you're going to see the film the next day, it's like, I don't have my classmates, my girlfriend, all these things in the stand that saw this. And you kind of play that in your head. I know for me, that was a big deal. Um, I, I considered myself a decently mentally tough player. Mm -hmm. Certainly could be better than that. It kind of seems like that. It kind of seems like, oh, here we're going to go. We're going to let down people again. We have the best crowd. And I know that seems small, but to an 18 to 22 year old kid, it it does make a difference sometimes. And so I might be grabbing at straws, but it made a difference for me. Yeah. All right, Jay, let's address the, the big play. I mean, whether you agree with the call or not, it, it did change the game. Sure. Uh, and and I, I think it was probably the correct call by the referees for, for targeting by the book. But just what did you make of that Johnny Newton targeting the call, him getting kicked out, and uh, just the impact it had on the game? Yeah, sure. First off, great move by Johnny Newton. I mean, uh, I, I've never seen a defensive tackle able to turn the corner like he does. What I mean by turn the corner is he'll, he's able to get penetration. He then gets the defensive uh, offensive lineman to turn, right, and open his shoulders, right? And once he once the guy opens his shoulders, he's done. You'll see Johnny put his foot in the ground, turn, and really go horizontal, from vertical to horizontal like that. One of the best guys to transition from a vertical to a horizontal rush and turn the corner. You know, you, you see defensive linemen doing hoops, drills, and stuff yeah. like that. He's really good for a big guy to do that. And – it's really easy to criticize when you slow down a play. If you were to watch that in real time, how fast that was, he probably has a half a second from the time he turns, maybe less, to make a decision on where he's going to hit. And Brett mentioned, hey, we wanted to get the ball out. It does look like he's swiping at the ball some. And, um, but by rule, they've said, hey, we don't want to see you do this to a quarterback because you're not taught to hit like that. I've talked to Bill Carollo, the um, – he talks to all of us Big Ten announcers, and he's the head of officiating for the Big Ten. We don't want to see you do this and hit a quarterback because that's not how you're taught to tackle. Well, in this case, he was taught to do this to get the ball out, right? It wasn't a way to, you know, give an extra yeah. shove to a guy. And, um, you know, the problem is, is you're six foot two or three. You're going against a six foot quarterback. You're playing as low as you can, even if you hit him here now your head's going to slide up, which is what happened, right? Uh, and, and hit him in the head. I actually thought it wasn't necessarily the crown. I thought he did hit more forehead yeah. if you look at the pictures. So I don't think he doubt it for that. I think – and, and I would have been fine with a with a roughing the passer, you know, which is what it would be in the NFL. That would have been a roughing the passer probably. Now let's throw the impact of it though, right? Because it was a huge impact. It was – I think Brett said it was a 30-yard swing. I don't know if we recovered that fumble or not. It looked like we had recovered. Well, the there was a holding penalty anyway. There was a defensive holding penalty. So even okay. if you, even if he wouldn't okay. call for that penalty, the play wouldn't have counted. And 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 because the Nebraska Northwestern game went all of two hours and 45 minutes, I'm on set when I'm watching this last play, and I'm like. Doing the Nebraska highlight, no offense to Nebraska, Northwestern, and looking at the game while James White talks about this, I was like, oh my gosh. No, and so, anyway, uh, so anyway, I was watching this at the same time. So, um, so yeah, so it, it is a 30-yard swing. Y you just felt that their general, like, got shot mm -hmm. was off the team, right? And Johnny knew it from the, the, the time he woke. Like, he looked up and saw the flag and just – 
But it just felt like your generals off the field. And what that did from a perspective, we actually tried to bring pressure. Yeah, We could not get anywhere. I was watching the game. You know, I, had to, I do a show with James White, right? So me and James is a Badger guy, recruited by Bielema. And we were watching, watching it. I'm like, man, he's bringing six, seven. We could not get any pressure without Johnny Newton. And that left our guys a little bit on an island. Um, you can't bring six or seven and have a guy hold the ball for three or four seconds. Yep. He's going to make pass, complete pass. So I don't think it was for lack of aggression. I know some people said that. I know Brett said we need to be more man. I think they tried to bring pressure. It just totally changed the whole game. It also it changed the running game, right? I mean, Braylon, Braylon Allen was not really Braylon Allen the first three quarters of what we've seen. And then he broke out. A lot of that was because John Newton's out. A lot of that because Keith Randall's out. I think if you had Keith in there, you could have stepped. But both those guys out, devastating. Yeah, you saw a difference up front. Uh, I, I do want to bring up this while we're on the topic of the defensive line. Gay back as defensive lineman. Thoughts? I like it. I like it a lot. Here's, here's the deal. Gabe is very we talk about Gabe is very powerful in small, tight situations. And probably along the lines of Johnny being a quicker interior defensive lineman. Seth Coleman's always had more twitch and more bend probably than Gabe Akis has on the edge. And we've we've quite frankly we, we we've recruited probably better with, with Jared Beatty and and you know Alec Bryant and 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 some of those guys, Zeke Holmes. Uh, on the edge so we have more bodies there i think gabe could be really good i think he could put on another 10 15 20 pounds but 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 be put together but be yeah. elusive in there and be, be like a johnny newton guy so i think that's a good fit as far as especially down the road especially as we've seen this season play out right it's probably a better fit as far as for gabe and it gets more of our our best 11 on the field which we've said we we have to do that with illinois this episode of the Illini Enquirer podcast is presented by Underdog Sports. We see a lot of you are downloading Underdog Sports, using the promo code, and having fun, which we love to see. If you haven't already checked out Underdog Sports, be sure to do so. It's super easy to use. You go on the app, go pick whether favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total than what is listed. For example, Travis Kelsey, he's very popular these days. If his number is set at 50 receiving yards, and you know Taylor Swift is in the house, you may feel confident he's going to go way higher than the number. Do that with two to five different players and you're in business if you go five for five you can 20x your money so sign up today with promo code Illini and get your first deposit doubled up to 100 dollars. visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store and don't forget to register with promo code Illini to get your first deposit doubled up to 100 dollars. there are a lot of fantasy companies out there but we decided to partner with underdog because it's the easiest place to play fantasy sports it's also the fastest growing fantasy app in the industry you must be 18 or older and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates terms apply concerned with your play call 1-800-522-4700 or visit www.ncpgambling.org you mentioned it braylon allen i I thought some of those were the backbreakers uh the skylar bell catch was a phenomenal throw by Braden Locke. phil longo at that touchdown pass to the number 93 was a great great call by him but those braylon allen runs i I thought were really some some big backbreakers and then you mentioned the the tyler strain one you got to go get that ball uh illinois is just not getting the plays out of the secondary that they need so just defensively what did you see in the letdown in the final three drives so I think whenever you have three timeouts, less than two minutes, and you cross the 50 with uh, with a football team, you've got to be aware of, and they need a touchdown to win, you've got to be aware of any time they can run the football. It's almost like they were in pass, pass, pass mode, but when you get into there and you're third and 10, you know it's going to be four down territory. 
Yeah. Right? So a lot of coordinators will run on third down uh, as a surprise or whatever. I think they are probably at the 48 or something, 47. They ran the ball for 13 yards. That was a big backbreaker, I thought, that run by Braylon Allen on that last drive. And then, of course, they um, – and then they dumped it down on that pass to Strain. Not in a pass to Pauline, maybe? Yeah. Pauline or Bell? Uh, one of the two. And when, when Taz Nicholson was covering him. And then they ran the wheel route, which was actually decently covered. I mean, Xavier Scott got beat a little bit on that route, okay? And Tyler Strain, to his credit, made a phenomenal read and break on that to help out Xavier Scott. At the same time, though, he did not have awareness of where the receiver was, right? He never took a peek of where the receiver was. Into the last second, Tyler Strain thought he was getting a pick. Yep. Like, like you might have seen it differently because you're watching it from a, from a perspective. But if you put yourself inside his helmet, he's actually tracking the football, but he's tracking it. One, he's tracking it horizontally. He's not going to the ball, okay? And then number two he's not attacking to go catch the high point right and the receiver did and that that right there would have been is was the difference in the game uh if yep. you ask me that was the difference in the game uh and the pauline pass might i'm sorry i, th I think that i think the the one down on taz nicholson was a different drive but yeah. you know what i'm talking about. no yeah I, I do um offensively jay the run game has been really encouraging uh, I, I think the offensive line has probably put it together it's best few games they protected Luke Altmeyer extremely well until he had to hold the ball for six or seven seconds for his receivers sure. to try and get open but how encouraged are you by the offensive line and run game the last two weeks I, I, extremely encouraged what's so interesting is that it's like from the from the first quarter on you know if Illinois can run the ball or not yeah we saw it you know uh, two months two years ago at Penn State they could run the ball right away Minnesota they could run the ball right away I'm really encouraged. It's the best the offensive line has played the last two weeks. It's the offensive line we thought we would see. Caden Fagan really impressed me. The one the one run in, on the goal line, or near the goal line, I should say, that he broke it to the edge. We hadn't seen him use that type of speed and burst. I think that's the difference between him and Josh McCray, his ability to burst through the hole. And sometimes he made it through the middle line and then, and then burst through the hole. I think he's going to be a good football player. I, I've been really impressed by the little things, the ball security. I thought he lacked vision his first couple games. I thought he had better vision and seeing the whole of this game, much better patience yeah. as well, running the football. I mean, he was a little antsy before. They've got something going in the gap schemes. We talked about that last week on the podcast, the gap scheme with the pulling guards and whatnot. It seems to be a better fit for a guy like Caden Fagan. And I know we'll get to it, but I just got to say that Luke Altmaier is one tough son of a gun. I mean, really tough football player. His ability to make stuff happen with his legs was a difference maker in this football game. And I, but I, and it goes without saying too that the it's so interesting because if you watch the Washington State Wisconsin tape, they played Illinois a lot like they played Washington State. And Washington State, they uh, Wisconsin was letting a lot of the, the short passes get caught in front of them, letting them actually run the ball some, but they would not let anything deep get behind them. And I kind of felt like that today. I know we were talking about the run game uh, and whatnot. There was better protection though for Altmaier, uh, better run game. The short passes were open and the run game were open, but they were determined not to let us have the big play through the air for the most part. And that was more a defensive schematically thing for the Badgers. Yeah, so what did you make of that? Because Illinois, 16 pass attempts, um, you know, 100 yards passing in this game. Obviously, Wisconsin 
yeah. did something to to make that happen, Jay. And Illinois was able to get the run game going. But yeah. was there anything else Illinois could have done in the passing game to get that going, to get that one or two plays that prolong the drives that make this a different game? It was such an interesting concept by Mike Tressel, I, I, the defensive corner for Wisconsin. I thought it was the wrong thing to do against a struggling Illinois offensive line. They rushed three sometimes. They rushed four. It was actually a very conservative kind of – um, play calling on the defensive side. And quite frankly, it didn't work the first three quarters. It, it didn't work. That, that defense did not win them the game. Uh, uh, but their thing was, we don't think Illinois can actually go down the field and actually, you know, get points. Well, they did, and the tight ends were open. Uh, great play calling, I thought, by by Barry Lunny on the goal line. Say what you want to say. He got it done. We did have one third and fourth and one, you know, that we didn't make it. But for the most part, when we needed a play, it was executed the right way. But I would say they were playing quite a bit off of our receivers and not letting them go deep. So some of that was just schematic. Some of it is we're just not getting separation, right? Um, uh, we need to find more creative ways to get Isaiah Williams the football. We try sometimes with the little jet sweep. But you look at what Ohio State's been doing with Marvin Harrison the last three weeks. I mean, we're talking 15, 16 targets a game. And some of those are behind the line of scrimmage. Some of those are just out routes. They do one or two deep shots. I think that's what we need to do with Isaiah Williams. Um, Pat Bryant at times can get open. He's had trouble catching the football at times too. Um, Casey Washington, probably the best hands, doesn't get a ton of separation. But I like that we had some tight ends open for some big plays. So Altmaier kind of took what was there. There wasn't a ton open downfield and made some stuff with his legs. Some of that was scheme. Some of that was our football players. Yes, yeah, so it's a big week of recruiting, Jay. Um, I expect they're they're going to attack the line of scrimmage with what they're losing on the line of scrimmage. But DB wide receiver are, are those two need areas that they got to address this off season of just getting better talent there. Or? Well, I. Yeah, I would think so. You know, I, it's so funny as I was watching the highlights late on college football final, like 1 a.m. after I'm done with the Big Ten show, and Deuce Span is running a, a kickoff all the way back for Florida State. I was like, oh gosh, there's our burner, right? So anyway, um, anyway, it was it was just kind of funny that I, I watched that. But um, so I thought losing Matthew Bailey was big, right? I mean, we, we didn't have much experience in the back end, so we lost that. Um, I do think that they've recruited decently well there. Yeah. But I do think we need somebody, JUCO or Transfer Portal, to get some experience in the back end, especially, I think, at the corner position. We seem a little bit deeper at safety um, right now. But we're, that might not be the case, though, with Clayton and, and Harper you know, leaving next year. Uh, but at receiver – that room doesn't seem to rotate nearly as much. You know, what do they think about Wiltshire? What do they think about uh, Hank Beatty? What do they think about, you know, Ashton Hollis had a good two or three game stretch in there. Didn't see much of, at least I didn't see a ton of Ashton Hollis this game. Uh, I didn't see a ton of Malik Gelsey. Um, he's a big body. Uh, I think they've recruited decent at that position, but are they ready to be game breakers right now? I mean, we, we were told that uh, coach uh, George McDonald thinks that Pat Bryant is a complete receiver. I think at times he's looked like that. He's been a bona fide deep threat. At times he hasn't. So the consistency hasn't been there, but I think Pat Bryant's talented. Uh, and Brett said, I see the transfer portal as immediate needs. So if you look at the immediate needs, probably one on the receiver side, probably one on the DBs, definitely defensive line help as we saw with Johnny and Keith out in that fourth quarter. And probably on the offensive line is your best two offensive linemen are leaving. 
what what does Illinois need to focus on schematically, development-wise, Jay, during this off week as you get a couple extra practices before you focus on Minnesota? Listen, I think your tight ends are some of your best players. I, I want to involve that. I think Tip Ryman, I think a lawyer struggled. I get it on, on one of the blocks, but since we've had more tight ends on the field, we've run the football better and we've protected better. That's what we want to do. We've also, they, they haven't been a liability in the past game. Rather, they've had a lot of positive plays near the goal line and short yardage. So I'm like, this, to me, I think utilizing the tight ends. Number two, get Isaiah Williams more involved. Um, I, I You just have to get him more. I know he's leading catches, but we got to get him more involved. I like that he was involved in the run game a little bit. Yeah. Um, we can't rely on Luke Altmaier running the ball for 100 yards every game, you know. Uh, I think getting Reggie Love could be a big boon to this football team. Uh, you know, Reggie's still our most complete back. I think Kane Fagan's a, a, a good back and possibly better long-term than Reggie. But right now, Reggie's the most complete back, I believe, that we have. So I think that's something schematically. I really think we need to hammer home on this gap scheme that we're doing as far as uh, pulling guards – uh, you know, we finally have a, a, a rhythm where Isaiah's gotten comfortable enough that the guards have kind of got their bookends at tackles and the interior is kind of solidified. So I love the gap schemes with the counters we've run in. So I, I like all that. I think defensively, schematically, we've got to find a way to get pressure outside of Newton and Randolph. I mean, they, we're just not getting pressure outside of those two guys. Um, I, I, again, I believe Dylan Rosiak <clears> – <throat> is continuing to get better and better. I think uh, Kanena Odalugas continues to get better, but I think Krutz didn't play as much, but he's showing up because Tariq Barnes played some more. Yeah. Um, so uh, we, we've got to go up at each each step. Schematically, on the defensive side, you heard Brett say we're a better man team. I just don't know if we can play man if we can't get pass rush. Yeah. Like, like let's say Keith, may, hopefully he's back from Minnesota, but you're going to have Johnny, unless it's appealed out for the first half, how are you going to get pressure on that? And it's no offensive juggernaut in Minnesota, but they're going to throw the football some. Yeah, the one thing about like the man is you saw Will Pauling get open on these crossing routes, but I, I'm willing to give those up because Xavier Scott will tackle. We, we know he's right. going to he's gonna tackle him. Sure. Those are much better than those you know big holes you were giving up in, in that zone. So I sure. I agree with Bielma there. I think you're better at the, the man stuff because at least allows Taz and Xavier Scott sure. to kind of do what they do best. Sure. No, I, I 100%. And I, I would I would say this is I think our guys are I think our guys are aggressive, but I also think they lack a lot of experience. We still are not an experienced football team on the defensive uh, back seven. We just aren't, and it shows in big big time situations. It's not that these guys are necessarily bad players. I think we've recruited a decent a decent uh, to a decent talent level thus far, but I don't think those guys are ready to play mm -hmm. a lot of those guys. And so we're still, I guess, again, like I said earlier on the show, we thought we were something, you know, last year and the rebuilding was accelerated. I think we're just more on pace for what a traditional rebuild would probably be. And that's frustrating. We have a season like you had last year. Yeah, so Jay, just to wrap this up, three and five feels a heck of a lot different than four and four with this four-game stretch remaining. I will say there's still a path to a bowl game if you want to get there. But most importantly, there's a path to ending the season with some kind of momentum. Uh, and it starts with Minnesota on the road, 
a place you won two years ago. Uh, Minnesota coming out of a big win against Iowa. Got a little help from the officials, it seemed, there late. But um, then you got Indiana at home, Iowa on the road, and Northwestern at home. What do you make of this team going to the final four-game stretch? Well, I really think you got to get to six. You're going to be extremely disappointed. And a six from a developmental standpoint, from a you know developing guys with extra bowl practices, I don't care if you go to Detroit. I don't care if you go to New York or wherever you're going to go. Go somewhere, get the development in, um, and start to build that team for you know 2024. Also, just from the recruiting pitch of, hey, yeah. we, we went to back-to-back bowl games. Yeah, we lost three NFL guys. Yeah, we lost a couple games late that we shouldn't have lost but we got a quarterback coming back we got a couple offensive linemen coming back we got a lot of guys coming back we can build off of that so uh i'd be really surprised the way this team has played if they lost to indiana or northwestern if they played they did the last two weeks i think it's going to be a toss-up game against minnesota because that's the way that minnesota plays and iowa plays the same way iowa has been i mean we t- we've joked about the offense before they've been historically bad at the quarterback position since Cade McNamara went out. I mean, Deacon Hill has not played well at all. Um, And so it's a real opportunity for Illinois if Illinois doesn't beat themselves, which has not always been the case. Yeah, and that's always hard to do against Iowa. I got one more for you, Jay. Johnny Newton. I just want to give like a minute to, to Johnny Newton. Like how good is this guy? What makes him so good? You know, I love watching Johnny Newton play. Um, so, first of all, he's a, he's a first-round draft pick. Um, I remember the first time that I heard about Johnny Newton. Obviously, we said Jerzon Newton. It was a Lovey Smith meeting pregame before before an Illinois game we were doing. And Lovey was like, I love this kid. This kid's going to be – this kid's going to be phenomenal. Lovey – really liked him from the jump. I think they beat out Maryland for him. I can't remember, right? And um, Lovey really liked him from the jump. Uh, I think uh, Hardy Nickerson really liked him from the jump. I think Hardy was there for a couple games his freshman year. Really liked him from the jump. So I was like, okay, that's interesting. He wasn't overly big. I think he played some tailback in in, uh, high school, right? I mean, it's kind of an interesting story that he played running back at one point. But Long story short is um, he's a very special player. Uh, I don't see a ton of defensive linemen play with the three to four seconds worth of violence that that guy plays with on a consistent basis. I mean, I mean, you look at when the ball is snapped, how violent he is with his one, his get off is exceptional get off. That's the timing. Basically uh, your reaction off of the snap, his hand placement, his hands are almost always inside. His head's almost always lower than the offensive lineman, and he's always controlling him one way or the other. He's not a one-trick pony either. He's not just a bull rush guy. He has a, he has a rip. He's got a club. He's got a swim. He's got a spin. He's got he's actually a very good stunter as well. And um, many times he's going against a guard or a center that's not nearly as gifted to him. Yeah. But what makes him unique as well is he's equally talented in the run stop as he is in the pass rush. What makes him different is he's one of the better interior pass rushers in all of college football in the last years. Maybe you can make an argument the best. A lot of times you'll see a guy like, uh, let's take Jalen Carter, highly touted last year out of Georgia, really known as a run stuffer mostly, right? Could gobble up two or three blockers. Johnny not known as that as much as being so behemoth-wise, but able to get penetration, 
cut off the play, cut the offense in half, and also be a dynamic pass rusher. And for, and, and this is this doesn't get enough pub for him. Seems like to be a great leader and a great human being. Yes. Like I don't I don't think we talk enough about that. We talk a lot about it with the guy's a bad guy, right? But I think Johnny's a class act. He's been a leader ever since he's been here, and he's been great off the field, and and truly a joy to to hear talk. And so um, I'm a big fan of Johnny Newton. Yeah, they rave about his work ethic. That, that he works harder than anybody, and and usually you know sometimes if you're the most talented guy, you don't have to do that. Um, right. But he does and, and sets the tone there. Uh, he's going to be you know I, I question like after why wouldn't he go out after last year and. Um, you know, he, I thought he was at least going to be a third-round pick, and he yeah. made a, he made a good decision, Jay. Well, I made a lot of really good decisions. I mean, the level of consistency he's had, really. I mean, other than the Toledo game, which was kind of an anomaly. I mean, he's been on point every game. He's been the best football player in the field, regardless of position. Uh, you know, if you want to know a person who doesn't know football, just ask him who the best player is. If they don't say Johnny Newton, they weren't yeah. watching the game, basically, right? I mean, I mean, because. He's so dominant for what he does and how he changes the game. We obviously saw it, you know, in the fourth quarter. But we're going to miss Johnny Newton. He is – I think he's got one year more, one, one more year of eligibility, but not probably a good idea for him to come back. But he's had a great career. Jay Lamb, you're the goods. Appreciate the insight as always. We'll talk next week, man. You got it, bud. You've heard us talk about home field apparel since the start of the season. There are a lot of collegiate apparel brands out there, but we wanted to partner with Home Field because their designs are the best out there. Some of Illini Enquirer's favorites are the Basketball Ringer Tee, the Rose Tee, and the 1980s Long Sleeve with the script Illini. It's great. Be sure to check out homefieldapparel.com, filter by Illinois, and see what we're talking about. And our listeners get an exclusive deal using code Illini23. Using that code Illini23 gets you 15% off your first order. We all know you're wearing Illini gear, so if you're in need of a refresh, we really think that you should check out Homefield Apparel, which has the best designs, and these shirts, guys, are really comfortable. Their designs are super unique, and a lot of thought goes into each concept. There's really nothing else on the market like what Homefield is doing. You can find them at homefieldapparel.com and use code Illini23 for 15% off your first order at homefieldapparel.com. Thanks to Jay Lehman for hopping on with us and, and breaking that down. Great insight as always. And uh, our film room this week. Uh, next week, I might just focus on a Johnny Newton appreciation film room uh, with Jay Lehman so he can break down what makes Johnny so good play by play. But this week, we focused on end of half struggles for the Illinois defense. Uh, what didn't they do? What did they do schematically? Was it right? Was it wrong? Or did Wisconsin just beat him? Uh, we dive into that and, and break down about eight plays that really hurt Illinois uh, at the end of the first half and at the end of the second half, which obviously those were two of the four scoring drives for Wisconsin, two of the three touchdown drives for the Badgers. So to go check that out on the VIP side of things. And it might be an off week, but it is not an off week for the Illinois football coaching staff as they're on the recruiting trail. They've already offered one Juco prospect, an edge rusher by the name of Daniel Brown, who leads all of Juco players with 12.5 sacks in seven games. The next guy has 7.5 sacks. So that's how good this guy has been. He came to Hutchinson as an inside linebacker, uh, but he's bulked up six foot one, 240 pounds. So more of a quicker, twitchier edge rusher, more of the real stand up edge rusher than Illinois kind of has more defensive end bodies uh, right now. I would say Trey Smith uh, is more of a kind of, three four outside linebacker you kind of see in the nfl where they're a little bit twitchier and all those things but um yeah i, I think this guy would fit in really well especially if gay stays on the defensive line and i agree with jay 
I think it's his best spot. Because while he's a really powerful outside linebacker, had success last year, uh, had some success earlier this year as a run guy, he is much quicker as a defensive lineman in that, that area than he is on the edge. Uh, so if you can add 10, 15, 20 pounds to Gabe Akis, which I think he can do very easily, I think he can be a three technique. I, he, he could be a four-eye, five technique like Keith Randolph is. And if you had the outside linebackers and you had somebody like Daniel Brown, and if you get Seth Coleman back or Alec Bryant is back and you know some of your guys like Jared Beatty, if he can stay healthy, or Trey Smith, if those guys are ready and you're, you're strong at that position, Gabe Akis would be a big kind of transfer addition to the defensive line. doesn't mean you won't go get another defensive lineman uh, in the portal or in the JUCO realm. But uh, that's what this week is all about, is Illinois finding some more JUCO help. They found it with Isaiah Adams and Zy Chrysler their first year. They were hoping that uh, Desmond Schuster would help them in the offensive line. But they're going to be trying to find some offensive linemen, some defensive linemen, some guys in the front that can really help uh, replace some of the losses you're having. Because I'll say, Julian Pearl and Isaiah Adams playing their best ball right now. Uh, th- those tackles have been really good the last couple games. And then we know how good Johnny Newton is. We know... Keith Randolph has been missed the last couple weeks, but that's what would be interesting to see. If you get healthy, if you can get that Minnesota game, man, it's kind of like why Wisconsin hurts so much, but it's a toss-up. Wisconsin's going to make it a gritty game. It's going to be a one-possession game in the fourth quarter most likely. Can you pull it out? Can you pull it out? Um, but uh, they got to get better this week. they got to healthier this week, and they got to add some talent or get in the process of adding some talent uh, in this offseason. So we'll have that all covered at Illini Inquirer. You can go VIP for just $1 at IlliniInquirer.com. And I'm telling you, Jay Lehman and his film rooms are always worth it by itself. We're already starting to talk to Michael Tulip about what we're going to be doing with the film room uh, and the podcast coming up. So we'll talk with Mike uh, at some point this week and, and talk some Illini basketball as we get ready for the Kansas exhibition on Sunday. Piper had a great breakdown of the exhibition over Ottawa, his five takeaways from that, and he caught up with Jeremiah Fears and discussed his official visit. That is also up at IlliniInquirer.com right now, so check all that out, as well as uh, a bunch of updates from the prep guys who visited, including an SEC commit. I got an update on that at Inquirer today. All right, everybody, thank you for listening to the Inquirer podcast. Give us a follow, rating, review, wherever you get your podcast. Check us out on YouTube. Hit the like button. Subscribe to us. Hit the notifications bell as well. And uh, as always, go VIP if you aren't already. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Illini Inquirer podcast. Bye, everybody. Bye.